Hello and good evening. Welcome to the More Doors podcast. This is John Carpino. I'm going to do something a little different today. Today I am going to be doing this in one take. This is going to be raw, unedited footage. So anything that you hear that is a mistake is really there because <laughs> I'm not fixing anything. Um, I just wanted to try this as an experiment to see how good I could uh, perform under pressure. So in addition to not having theme music today, you're also going to hear every, uh, every creak and sound of my chair and um, you'll really get to know my personality because I'm not going to be able to edit out any of my pauses and my ums and my uhs. So the topic of today's podcast is credit score. Credit score is key. It is so important when you want to buy a house to live in or as an investment with any type of traditional mortgage. Now, uh, one caveat, if you're doing a commercial loan, like a, a five plus unit property, credit score still matters, but it's less important because um, a property that has five plus units is considered a commercial property. It cannot be financed with a 30-year fixed mortgage in most cases that I know of. Um, and instead, it will require a commercial loan. And a commercial loan is mostly based on the, um, the value of the building, the asset that you're buying. And that's usually calculated by the incoming rent, which is a great way that you could buy a property that, um, let's say it has deflated rents that aren't up to market standards. If you were to buy a property that is a commercial property, it's going to be based on what the market rents, uh, not the market rents, what the rents are that it's bringing in. And if you can buy that property based on those rents, then raise the rents over a couple of years, um, you've increased the value a lot as a result. And then you can refinance and take profit out without even making any necessarily making any repairs, which is a great thing to do. Um, ultimately, I think the best thing is to find a place with below market rents that also needs updating, do the updates, raise the rents, and then you get a double boost uh, to market value. So that was a little tidbit went off on a tangent, but we're talking about credit score. Um, and when you're buying anything that is a one to four unit property, whether it's for yourself to live in, whether it's a house hack you're going to live in and rent out, or whether it's just complete investment, it's going to be based on uh, a 30 year fixed or um, some, I mean, you can do a 15 year, you can do a 10 year if you want. 30 year fixed is the best. We can do a podcast about that later on if you, uh, if you guys are interested, 15 year Mortgages aren't necessarily better. In fact, in many ways, they are just not better. It's better because of inflation to do a 30-year fixed mortgage. Um, so when you go to buy something that is a one to four unit property, whether it's a duplex, a triplex, a quadplex, or a single family, um, you are going to get interest rates and qualified based solely on your credit. Um, well, maybe not solely on your credit, but certainly if your credit isn't high enough, you just won't even buy, be able to buy anything. Um, sometimes 
in the past, the requirement's been as low in, in recent years, as low as 580. Right now, because of the, uh, because of the stricter requirements, since there's such a high demand with all the low interest we have right now, um, a lot of the time people aren't going to be uh, lending to anyone with a credit score less than 620. Um, so it is uh, really important to take control of your credit score and make sure that your credit score is up to par. Now, you can check your credit score um, on creditkarma.com. I think that's a great tool. Your credit karma credit score often will be off by anywhere from 10 to 50 points sometimes from the actual credit score. And it can, a lot of the time it's inflated, but sometimes it can even be less than what your actual credit score is. So it's a great reference point to get an idea of what your credit score is, but from the individual credit bureaus, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, um, you can go to those websites and get your actual real credit report pulled once per year for free. So that's a good thing to do as well if you really want to know your, your true credit score. And it won't affect your credit rating at all when you do this, unlike a hard pull that's done by a bank or a credit card company. Um, so we're going to talk about the factors that go in to making your credit score and the percentage impact it has on the credit score. And we're going to talk about ways to um, improve your credit score. So the first factor for credit score is payment history. Payment history is a big one. It accounts for 35% of your FICO score. And um, this is things like how, how, regularly and on time have you paid your credit card bills, your uh, student loans, your mortgages, your car payments. Um, it doesn't include things like, oh, my dentist bill was late, you know, unless that goes to a credit collections agency. Usually things like phone bills, credit um, doctor bills, those don't go on your credit score unless they make it to collections, which in that case you have a problem. Um, so it's really important. And the, this, when you have a missed payment, your missed payment is going to be on your record for seven years. So you definitely, I know when I was younger, I missed plenty of payments, not because I didn't have enough money. I mean, I won't say I never had, I won't say that never happened, but generally it wasn't because I didn't have enough money to pay my bill. It was because, or at least the minimum payment, it was because I was young and naive about what, effect it has to not pay my bills on time. And so it just wasn't a priority for me. And sometimes they'd be late. Sometimes I might even miss a month and have to pay it the next month. Um, and when I first went out to buy a house, that definitely came back to bite me. And it took me a couple of months to get my credit to the point where I was able to buy a house because um, my credit was in the low 500s. Uh, maybe even the high 400s, the first time I got it checked by a lender to try and get a loan. Um, you know, I've got no shame in saying that. I mean, okay, I have a little shame, but I am not embarrassed to tell you because we all have to learn from our mistakes and hopefully you can learn from mine. So definitely pay all of your bills on time, even if it's the minimum payment, though the best thing to do would be to 
pay your bills in full, uh, credit card bills, because those interest rates are insane. Um, moving on to the next thing, amounts owed. So credit utilization. Um, your credit utilization accounts for 30% of your FICO score. Uh, so it's another big factor. And is essentially, it is calculated by dividing the total revolving credit you're currently using by the total of all your revolving credit limits. In other words, let's say you've got um, a home equity loan and a credit card and um, and another credit card. So let's say the limits are $10,000 on the home equity loan, $5,000 on each credit card. That's a total of $20,000 um, of available credit that you could be using. So your credit utilization, let's say you took out uh, $5,000 from your home equity line. Now you're using 5,000 of 20,000 total dollars in, in uh, credit. That would be a 25% um, credit utilization. Anything over 30 is generally really, I mean, anything over 50 is, is very bad. Uh, you def, this is why you don't ever want to be near the limits of your credit cards or your other bills. The higher it is, the worse off you are. You generally want to be under 30%. And then where you really get um, the most points is when you're under 10% or even under 5% of your credit card usage. Um, or just credit utilization. It could be credit card, could be equity line of credit. Um, but you want to stay under 10% uh, for sure. Under 5% is even better. How can you do this? Well, if you know that you have some credit and you can't pay it down immediately, maybe the best thing to do if you wanted to increase your credit utilization ratio, or rather decrease it, you would apply for another credit card. Now, you're not going to apply for this other credit card so that you can use it and rack up more debt. You want to increase your total available credit because once you have your total available credit accounted for, um, sorry, your total available credit increased, that means that, let's say, you had that same $5,000 um, used that is not paid off, but you've now taken out another credit card that has a, where were we, 20? So let's say you took out another credit card and it has a $10,000 limit. So now you've got a $30,000 total credit, um, credit balance that you're allowed to draw from. So that same $5,000, instead of being 25%, as it was with $20,000, uh, $20, it would be less. I don't want to do the math. <laughs> it would be a smaller fraction because you've now increased your total available credit. So actually opening up a few credit cards, and especially if they've all got different rewards, ugh, we could do a whole podcast on how great it is to use credit cards. Um, assuming you're not leaving a balance and you're just using them for the rewards. Um, but the more credit you've got, the better. I mean, if you're not using it, if you're using all of your credit, you're just getting yourself into more debt. The interest rate's so high on credit cards. 
So consumer debt is very, very bad. But having the credit, if you have the self-control not to use it, will help you to increase your credit score because 30% of your credit score is... 30% of your credit score is made from uh, your credit utilization ratio. So the next factor of five is the credit history length. This is something that a lot of people don't realize, but the length of time you've had your accounts open makes up 15% of your credit score. So if you've had a credit card for... Um, 20 years, that's fantastic. Or if you've had a home loan for 30 years, you know, um, this is great. So you definitely want to have your credit lines open and don't close them. So let's say you've got a credit card that you got when you were in college. It has like an $800 limit. I've got this FSU, uh, credit card that, you know, has a picture of a Seminole on it and, I got it back when I attended Florida State. Um, I still have that card, even though the limit on it is like, it's literally $800 and I've got credit cards now with ten dollars and $15,000 limits. But it was an $800 credit card and I still have it and I am not planning to close it because that's one of my oldest credit cards from when I was just a just a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed youth uh, at Florida State. So, um, you know, here is where I'm going to give you your first, your first hack, your first little cheat. So you can't manufacture time. You know, if you if you opened a credit card, you can't make your credit card having. You can't increase the amount of time it's been opened if you've only had it for a year. But what you can do is, if you've got a parent, uh, a spouse, a close friend or family member who has a really long and good credit history, you could ask them to make you an authorized user on one of their accounts. So let's say you're my best friend from 20 years. I've known you my whole life and I trust you very much. Um, and you're just starting to build up your credit right now. You want to increase your credit history the, in terms of length. If I make you an authorized user on that uh, Florida State credit card, you now have a credit account that's been opened since I guess I started Florida State in like 2005, so a while. Um, so that will instantly increase your credit history length if you can find someone to add you as an authorized user. You don't even have to be someone who's using the card. You don't even have to have a copy of it, but just being on that account can increase your credit, uh, your credit use history. So, um, that's my first little hack, my first little cheat that you can use to increase your credit score um, if you are looking to get it up. So the fifth factor is your credit mix. 
So um, people with top credit scores often carry diverse portfolio of credit accounts. So it's like, you know, car loans, credit cards, student loans, mortgages, um, equity lines of credit, uh, personal loans. So the the wide range of credit products that you are utilizing um, actually increases your score. And this accounts for 10% of your FICO score. So it's actually good to have a car loan and a student loan and a mortgage in terms of increasing your credit if you've got different types of accounts. This is fantastic. Uh, sorry, like I said, one cut. So, um, so this is only 10% of your credit score. It's not the, uh, the most important thing, but it is, it is beneficial to have more than one type of credit, not just credit cards or not just one car loan. Um, a few different types of credit. doesn't mean you need to have six credit cards and seven car loans and eight mortgages. Um, it's just the diverse nature of the types of credit you have. It could be one of each, but having a few different types is good. So number five, hard inquiries. The number of hard inquiries you have, that these are things that lenders and credit card companies, anytime you want credit, they'll do a hard inquiry on your account and that will um, increase the number of hard inquiries on your account. So one or two isn't bad. Uh, three or four is medium. Anything above like five or six starts to uh, get into the more dangerous range. Again, this isn't that important. It's only 10% of your FICO score. Um, I've sometimes had as much as nine hard inquiries on my account. And, um, you know, it hasn't decreased my account by, by significant amount. You know, maybe at the worst when I really, like when I had about nine, which is a lot, um, it might've made my credit score maybe, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 points less than it could be. I mean, again, it's only 10%, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, but again, still, you should try to minimize the number of card inquiries you're doing. Uh, when you apply for credit for a house, for instance, if you get your credit pulled by more than one bank, do it all within a period of about a week, and you're not going to you'll have lots of credit inquiries, but they're not going to ding your actual score as much as if you got the hard inquiry, then you waited two weeks and you did another hard inquiry and you, didn't, and you waited two weeks and you did another. So if it's all for the same type of credit and it all happens within a couple of days, particularly for mortgages, um, it hurts your credit a lot less than if you check your credit once a month with a bank. Um, so, um, that brings us to the end of the factors. One more thing I want to tell you guys about that could boost your credit score is the Experian Boost. So you remember that I told you earlier that things like doctor's appointments, uh, doctor bills and phone bills and like your Hulu and your Netflix subscription if you have those, um, they do not affect your credit. 
Like you could pay them, not pay them. It, I mean, obviously you should pay all your bills, but missing those payments or being late to them does not actually affect your credit whatsoever. However, if you know that you've been doing a good job paying them on time, there's a new product with Experian that you can go to their website and or just Google Experian Boost, and it will allow Experian to look at this data. And if you've been paying it, it can increase your um, score. I mean, maybe not that much, but... Uh, you know, they don't say exactly how much it's going to increase it, but the average boost is about 13 points. So not a huge increase, but it could help a little bit. And uh, with a grain of salt, just keep in mind, not all lenders are going to use that additional credit information, but some will. Um, and people who aren't checking your experience score definitely aren't going to be seeing it. So just a little, a little bit of added uh help to increase your credit score if you have been paying those bills on time. So, um that is the conclusion. Like I said, I've done this all in one take. No filters, no uh <laughs> no getting rid of my little pauses and the times where I mess up or when someone opens a door and I have to shoot them away. Um but I hope that this information has been helpful to you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'll have a better edited video next week. I just wanted to try this as a little experiment. See? Errors all the place. Um, and see how it would sound. Uh, just to put myself out there and be a little bit more vulnerable. And okay, save a little time. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. The Mordor's Podcast will be back next Monday with a new episode. And we'll see you then.